Welcome to Otani Comes to America, a show about the GOAT baseball player, Shohei Otani. I'm Kev. And I'm Jack. We're back, baby. Season 6, episode 1. This is our first episode since November. Right after, you know, the boy took a little bit of a L to Aaron Judge and losing the MVP, but... Well, it's also that Otani had such a good year that not only was Judge with his historic season the only way that he could beat him, but even with that, there was still some debate. Yeah, I mean, to no surprise, we've said it before, we'll say it again. He's the guy you gotta beat if you're trying to get the MVP, and we don't expect anything less this season, season six. A lot of new things coming up, not only from Otani, but from the boys here at, you know, Otani Comes to America. We might have a little little newsletter, a little something coming your way, you know. We'll get into it a little later. Got WBC, the World Baseball Classic, Team Japan. Tough competition, but we'll also get into that. Yeah, so last time we did an episode, it was right after that MVP decision, which was also right after Otani had announced he was going to be playing in the WBC. And then at the start of the year in early January, they had a press conference in Japan because Otani goes back to Japan for the offseason. And... He was there with his former manager from when he played in Japan, who is now going to be leading Team Japan for the WBC. And Otani's going to be wearing his number 16 number that he played with for Japan before. And for people who don't know, basically the World Baseball Classic is an international tournament similar to the World Cup in soccer slash football. But for baseball instead, it's nowhere near as big obviously, but this year feels like the most exciting of them all so far, maybe because of talent, maybe because there's just more access and internet clips and tweets and like all these things that can help promote it and tie into it and also just better players than ever before participating. There's still a bunch who aren't because of like risk due to injury, which we could talk about with Altani too, but overall it's a pretty solid group of players across all the teams and Otani actually was supposed to play in 2017 when the last one happened but then there was an injury issue at that time so he couldn't play then so he seems really eager to be part of it now and that newsletter that you were teasing which the link is in our show notes for this episode we did like a little preview guide so everything you want to know about that you can click and sign up for it and read it there but otherwise, we'll give you some info in this episode to help you along with that and give some of our thoughts around it, too. Yes, sir. WBC, super exciting. Like you mentioned, it seems to be officially catching some steam in terms of like popularity and people watching it. I think so, at least within the baseball community. Yeah, exactly. And if I remember correctly, like the first two seemed very like out of nowhere. There had been talks about it, but it just kind of ran up. I remember happening. Also, we were younger. Maybe it was just out of our loop, but it didn't feel like a big thing. Like you had to be a baseball fan. And obviously we were, so we were aware of it. But I mean, social media wasn't as big or if any at all at that time, but TV commercials and stuff like that were. And I feel like I don't remember seeing many at the time and I felt the same about like the second wave of it. It wasn't until... I want to say the 2013, it got a little bit more popular, like the year DR won, but it's because 
the games were crazy. They were like exciting and it caught like the eyes and like the ESPN top web gems. I remember there was like crazy home runs and Jose Batista throwing like a player out and there was almost like controversy that made it rise, mm -hmm. but it was already on its way. It wasn't like hyped before it happened. It was hyped while it was happening, which is kind of different. And then on the last one, 2017, I felt like it was a little bit more steam. Obviously, the U.S. had a stronger team. There was a little bit more hype. There was more games in the U.S., I believe. San Diego held some pretty fun games. And yeah, now it feels like it's something we're all waiting for. Or at least like even the friends I talk to, the people I work with have mentioned it. And I'm like, oh, like, I don't remember this like in school. Baseball heads wanted that. But now even the casual fans bring it up every now and then, which is cool to see. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much memory of it in the early ones and i feel like 2017 i definitely remember seeing some clips and stuff but all the ones before that i don't think i mean i might have been aware of them at the time but yeah i don't really have any recollection of watching or even hearing much about it period at that point but i do remember at least in 2017 it becoming a thing around how passionate people are to play for their countries and how much emotion is shown and how much is on the line and that set the foundation for now when it's being more hyped up for this one and you see all the rosters and all the talent out there then it all comes together like ah yes this one should be interesting i'm much more aware of it much more tapped in much more interested this time around and it's one of the challenges that the wbc has and it's that the powerhouses are clear in the world cup you kind of know what teams are good. You know, you have your Argentinas, Portugal, Brazil, can't forget France. There's like a decent amount, even though there's clear favorites, there's the ones that even, you know, that might not win, but you know, they're going to give you a battle. You know, there's the Italy's, there's the England's and stuff like that. Mexico, you know, like has a lot of fans because it's a big soccer country. <laughs> yeah, we say soccer here. <laughs> and in the World Baseball Classic, powerhouses are clear. You know, it's going to be Japan who won the first two just because they're highly skilled like that, even though half of the players you might not know, they love the game over there. And you have the U.S., which is obviously where MLB is the biggest. But then there's Dominican Republic, which is where the U.S. goes to get players. <laughs> and then there's like the version of Latin America that is like Japan, which is like Cuba, you know, which is they have a bunch of great players that you don't even know about because it's almost like a religion there. and People love to play it. But that was the case. I feel like it struggled to get everyone because you know some teams are not going to win or most of the teams are not even going to put up a chance. And that's still the case, but I feel like the field is starting to level up a little better. You know, you have your Puerto Ricos, who has a lot of talent. Venezuela, insane. Past years, we've seen like Canada have a decent team. But yeah, you have the US, Colombia even has some gems. Mexico somehow is getting a lot of MLB players in. Yeah. I feel like over the years, we're going to start seeing teams get better. Yeah, Patrick Sandoval from the Angels is also on team mexico they are looking solid shout out but yeah japan also i wouldn't say more than any other country i don't know for sure but they definitely make it a priority to put out their best players and the players either who play in the mpb there or the players who have come over to the u.s and are in the mlb there's always like a great pride to playing for japan and showing what they can do on a global scale that started as early as Ichiro, who helped them to win the first couple championships and who was one of Otani's idols. And even to another idol of Otani's, 
Yu Darvish, who he'll be pitching with this time, there seems to be just like a lot of connectivity. And I'd be surprised if Japan doesn't make it to at least the semis at the very least. But I think it will come down to those powerhouses of Japan, US, DR, PR, maybe like a Venezuela or someone could make a run. But Japan definitely has a great shot and Otani is their star. So this is maybe the biggest stage he's played on in a way because the Angels have never even made the playoffs. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I don't see why not. I feel like the most important games he's played in, at least in the U.S., have been, you could say, the weeks right before, you know, like his MVP race. You're just trying to put up numbers and everything matters and you're kind of playing for yourself. When you ask a player, that's probably not as significant as playing for your country, getting way more views than he's probably going to be used to in a world stage like this. So I feel like he would agree that these are the biggest games he's played in, even though he might not want to admit that or make the Angels look bad, you know, but we all know these are the more important games. And it's weird to say, because I know it may not feel like this. We're literally talking about him playing for his country, but Otani's playing for more than just his country. I feel like maybe I could be wrong, but I don't know if Chinese Taipei or even Korea feels like they could win it all. Korea has a decent team, actually, but I feel like he's playing for Asia, period. Mm. Let's say like the World Cup, DR doesn't have a team, but I'm still rooting for the Latinos. You know, like I want Mexico to take it. I want Argentina, Colombia to go far because you're mm-hmm. like rooting for them. Like, yo, I'm not there. Represent me type shit, you know, so. He's a star boy. He knows the lights are shining bright on him and can't wait to watch. And there is our injury risk. This is during when spring training usually would be happening and the rest of the league will be doing that. Otani showed up to that briefly. He actually made a start on the pitching end against Fujinami on the A's. But we'll get to spring training stuff more later when we do like an actual preview of the season. But Basically, Otani's been getting ready this whole time. I think his body will be fine. Perry, Angels GM, said that there's no restrictions or anything. So it's basically up to Otani and Team Japan on how they want to use him, whether that's how many pitches he throws at a time or the frequency of that, if he comes out of the bullpen at all, things like that. But do you have any concerns for his health at all? Because obviously early in his career, he had some injury issues, but things have been pretty smooth lately. Personally, no. I don't think he should be pitching long innings, but I don't think that was going to be a thing anyways. Give him, I don't know, four to five strong ones, you know, be an ace. Use this like as a high level spring training game. Just because it is true. Not saying that I'm worried, but even the slightest chance, let's say 0.01%, you don't want to risk it on that level just because you know he's trying to throw no hitter or something like that like don't risk it at that level just be there for your team as long as you can help the team get the dub do that and show off the bat hit bombs steal some bases or maybe even that (laughs) that's even risky but hit them doubles we already know mr hot wheels comes around hits them doubles hits them triples i don't quite know exactly the stadiums they're going to be playing in i know there is different pools are going to play in different stadiums i don't know if they're well they're in the tokyo dome Place ready for the big lights. So yeah, let's hit bombs over there. Can you imagine how it's going to be if Otani hits a home run in the Tokyo Dome? It could be the first inning, no one on base, but I feel like that crowd is going to explode. That's Jordan hitting the game winner. <laughs> that's Tom Brady hitting the Hail Mary in the last quarter. That's that's what I'm expecting, the crowd to go crazy. Messi with the free kick in the final, you know. 
in the finals. Yeah, last kick to win it all. It should go crazy. It is a dome, so the fucking noise should be insane. Even with the Tokyo Dome specifically, do you remember seeing the video of Otani hitting the ball through the roof in the Tokyo Dome? Yes, sir. Not a small stadium, but it's not built for the pop that he has. And I know it's pop that not everyone has. And it's not pop that you often see in Japan baseball. They tend to be good hitters, you know, slap hitters like a Ichiro. They could hit your line drives, hit the gaps down the line. But hitting nukes, that's far few in between. You're talking about Otani, you're talking about Matsui, Godzilla, and like some of the other greats that come from there. But Cuba's going to be playing over there, so... There should be some pop. There's some power hitters in Cuba. So, But yeah, even playing in Japan for that first pool round and for the semis, I know as well, is going to be a source of pride in itself for Japan, I think, too, because they rotate where these happen. It's not just because Japan is part of it. I know the time difference is going to be wild, but those are one of the most exciting games I'm looking forward to watching. Yeah, the games are like 5 a.m. New York time, 2 a.m. your time in California for at least this initial round. So <laughs> it's rough. And basically the first round, they play multiple games. It's not you lose and you're out right away, but the top two teams advance. So for Japan, who's in pool B, that'll probably be Korea, who goes with them. I mean, even like Czech Republic is supposed to be all people who are just in amateur leagues there. So they might not even win a game the whole time. And Australia and China aren't supposed to be great either so that shouldn't be a problem first few games are march 9th through 12th and then after that it goes to single elimination so that's where it could get more risky but even in the quarters they shouldn't have a problem against pool a who's like chinese taipei netherlands cuba italy panama so even like you said cuba who's a little better i feel like japan shouldn't have too much trouble and you have to be strategic about how you're lining up your pitchers and everything. But even for them, we mentioned Yu Darvish is also in the rotation, who just got a six-year, $100-plus million extension with the Padres, and who him and Otani are friends now after he used to look up to Darvish. He actually wore Darvish's number when he pitched for the same team that he was on in the past in Japan. And then there's like a young 21-year-old who threw like the first perfect game in Japanese history in like 28 years or something, Roki Sasaki, who seems pretty dominant. We'll see how he does against everyone else. And there's another guy who basically won their version of the Cy Young in the past two years. So they should be good. And with the lineup, I mean, like you said, there's a lot of guys who we won't know their name, but are going to be good and play that Japanese brand of baseball. Seiya Suzuki, who came over to the Cubs last year and who's friends with Otani, was originally supposed to be part of that, but then he had to drop out with injury stuff. Masataka Yoshida, who just came over to the Red Sox this offseason, will be on the team. Lars Nupar, one of the best names in baseball, he's going to be on the team. And there's some other people who are supposed to be good, but they seem like they should have a good squad overall. Mm -hmm. Pitching is insane. Pitching that the U.S. is not used to seeing often. It's a lot of off-speed pitching, a lot of movement. U.S. and other countries is more about speed and stuff like that, but they're going to get you with soft contact, and that's how they're going to win. And they're just going to rely on the bats to get on, you know, get a couple of singles. They're good slap hitters. Again, they're going to get those singles and doubles, and then you just need someone like Shohei to clear them bases up, however mm -hmm. way possible. 
hitting that thing 110 off the bat. I could see them, again, like you said, going to, at the very least, the semis. But their biggest games that I'd be, like, super interested in catching, and again, that all depends on how the pools go, but it's on the quarters if they face Cuba and or the Netherlands, who have had, in previous years, like, interesting games with Japan. Netherlands has some of the cooler baseball players in the majors right now with Didi, who I still love, ex-Yankee, Bogarts, one of the best contact hitters the game has seen in a while. Kenley Jansen. You got good pitching there too. Don't throw that team away. There's some talent there. They're scrappy. And then Cuba again. A bunch of names we probably don't even know, but they can all play and half of them could probably be in the majors. So those are some of the things I'm looking forward to once it gets to the quarters. But again, they shouldn't have a problem getting to the semis at the least. How are you going to feel if DR matches up with Japan. Obviously, I gotta go for the country, the true motherland for me. But as long as DR don't lose to Puerto Rico, we good. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's like our rivals. That's like our Yankees to Boston. Our I don't even know the Angels, Dodgers. I guess is like their biggest. <laughs> I mean, it's hardly a rivalry, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think for me, even if Japan faces off against the U.S., I might still be rooting for Japan just for Otani because. I want to see him just dominate and be the best possible he can be. Like, if I had my choice of what I could pick, and it's either Otani plays amazing and Japan goes all the way and wins it, or Otani does solid and they make it to the semis and the US ends up winning or DR ends up winning, I would still probably go the Otani route. So I feel like my biggest investment in the tournament, for me at least, is him more than anything else. I don't know if I want to admit it, but I think I'd second that. DR is stacked, though. Like, that's going to be so fun to watch. Hell yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I was going <laughs> to say, I'm DR first, obviously. Like, if they face off at the end, I think I would still want DR to take it. Yeah. However, let's say it was a US v Japan. I think I'm rooting Japan. I'm hitting the onlines and buying, like, a Japan jersey, rocking <laughs> it. Real quick, I'll mention, too, the merch they have available for the WBC is weak. Like I saw at the press conference, Otani had such a beautiful like navy Japan jersey, navy hat with a J, and the stuff they have online is like, I don't think it compares. So I hope they get that together more because they also barely have anything. There should be many more options out there. But anyway, just a little rant. But that navy jersey is beautiful. I agree. And not even just Japan. I feel like most of the countries have shit jerseys, hats. Some better than others, but I feel like that's for sure a lot of room for growth there. Take notes. I know it's like a young tournament in a way compared to something like the World Cup, but it should be something more like the World Cup where you have like the regular, you know, like the the good classics, but then you got to throw like that one specialty jersey, which is usually like a art or I don't know, something with the culture. It's it's more like uh, if they gave it to a designer to have fun with it and make something creative or a different colorway with it. Again, I know this is soon, maybe too late for this one, but on the next one, it would be dope to see like a crazy alternate jersey, you know? Like a country connect. Exactly. Come on, Nike, I know you're listening. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, definitely tune into this one. Should be fun. On Fox Sports in the US. Do what you gotta do. Just support. Not much to expect. Just have fun. Hope the games are good. Hope Otani goes crazy, obviously. And... Let there be one Cinderella story and the rest could be the powerhouses to make it fun. Other than that, before we wrap it up, let's bring up 
Something we mentioned earlier, that newsletter for Otani Comes to America, which we have brought to you guys. Shout out Jack, put in in work. Can't wait for y'all to see this. Yeah, so basically the next episode of this will be recapping all of the WBC. Hopefully they go far and there's a lot to talk about, but we will be covering it in the newsletter. And the newsletter is basically an extension to the podcast where during the regular season, there'll be a weekly recap of how he did in the games that week, little fun moments that happened, basically what you need to know about Otani for that week. We sort through everything, tell you what you need to know, and we just launched it. The initial emails are like an off-season recap and preview guide for the World Baseball Classic, which has more info, and we'll have the link in our show notes. It's otanicomestoamerica.substack.com, and you can sign up there. You can also see previous versions of the newsletter there as well, and this will be a big year for Otani his contract year, the last one before he hits free agency. And so it felt like the right time to do it. And hope you enjoy. That wraps it up for this episode of Otani Comes to America. I'm Kev. You can find me at Same Old Kev pretty much everywhere. And I'm Jack. You can find me at Jack Boom Summer, Summer with an O on everything. I know you're listening. Make the boys proud out there. You hear me, Otani? A.K.A. Two-Way Shohei. A.K.A. Showtime International. A.K.A. The Greatest Showman, a.k.a. The Anaheim Starboy, a.k.a. The Sixth Tool Player, a.k.a. The Double Trouble Ring Slinger Dinger Hitter. It's that contract year, a.k.a. Show Hater Money, a.k.a. Otani B, a.k.a. The Boss of All Clout, a.k.a. Mayamo Otani, a.k.a. Mr. Hot Wheels, a.k.a. Swohei Brotani, a.k.a. Shohei Got The Pop, Shohei Got That Smoke, a.k.a. The Little Leaguer of the Big Leagues. AKA. Let me get a uh, number 17, please. What's that? The Oppo Taco. AKA. MLB The Show, better than a video game player. AKA. The California Cowboy. AKA. The Bart Boy No Simpson. AKA. Pew. All gas, no brakes.